following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. So we've talked about the high call of God in Christ Jesus. We talked about the secret place as we begin to look into that, the secret of the ascending life. Today, just for a few moments, we're going to talk about the perspective of the ascending life. The perspective. Hebrews eleven twenty seven says something very interesting. It says, by faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. I love this scripture because this is a scripture God gave me when Bev and I left a worldwide ministry of Pastor Benny Hinn and God launched us out into what he had called us to do. And we left totally by faith with no plan and no security, but we left on this scripture. God spoke to me and said, you need to leave where you're at seeing what's invisible. Part of the purpose of this is to open our eyes to an invisible realm. That which is actually there, but you can't see it yet. See, your future, your destiny, your purpose is very much here. It's just God has to open your eyes so you can see it. And when you begin to see in this realm, then you begin to understand why you were born again. Because John 3 says, unless you are born from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And so... One of the main purposes for us being awakened spiritually is so we can see and perceive and understand the spiritual things that are around us. So our eyes have to be open. I love this scripture, 1 Samuel 14, 27. But Jonathan heard not when his father charged the people with an oath. Wherefore, he put forth the end of his rod that was in his hand, dipped it in honeycomb, and put his hand to his mouth, and his eyes were enlightened. Is that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened? Ephesians 1, 17, 18. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Somebody say enlightened. enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. So you're already called and you already got an inheritance. All that needs to happen is the eyes of your understanding get opened or enlightened so you can see into this invisible realm. This is what God wants to do. He wants us to see from heaven's perspective. This is what happened on the road of Emmaus in Luke 24. It says where two disciples were walking along. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up after the resurrection walking with them, but they didn't perceive or recognize it was him. How many times do you think we may have missed the Lord when he was right there? He was right there, but we missed him because our eyes were not enlightened. And it says he walked with them. He took the scriptures and began to teach them from the scriptures and was revealing himself to them from Moses all the way to the cross. And it said until they, he took the bread and broke it, they couldn't see. But as soon as he took the bread and broke it, their eyes were open and they knew him. 
that bread of heaven that comes, when we get in that other realm, we're enlightened and we begin to see. We begin to see heaven's perspective about our lives. You see, heaven sees you so much different than you see yourself. Heaven sees you so, heaven sees me, heaven sees you in a whole different perspective than the way you see yourself. And if you can ever get a hold of heaven's perspective of your life, then you can step into your, per, your destiny and your purpose and you can begin to see it unfold. Numbers 13, 31 through 33 is very interesting. This is when Israel was... And it says the spies came back and gave a report. You know the story. And it says their perspective was we seem like grasshoppers both to, them, both to ourselves and to them. This is very important. The adversity level of attacks will be on the basis. It says, as we were in our sight, so we were in their sight. See, if you see yourself only as an addict, only bound by, and that you're always going to be that way and you're never going to be free, the enemy has a grip on our lives because we see ourselves and he sees us as we see ourselves. But as soon as you get a hold of John 15 and 6, you are already clean by the, I ain't trying to get clean, I'm already clean by the word that he's spoken to me. And you begin to see yourself from heaven's perspective. The enemy has to loose his grip on you because now he sees you as you see yourself. It's Mother's Day, but I'm still excited. Gideon is a prime example. Here's a man named Gideon, if you don't know the scriptures that well, in Judges 6, it says he was hiding from the enemy in a wine press. He was at the pub. <laughs> That's a word for somebody right there. But he's hiding from fear from the enemy in a wine press, threshing wheat, afraid that the enemy's going to come steal the little bit he's got. All of a sudden, an angel shows up. The Lord's messenger appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, you mighty courageous warrior. He's in a wine press hiding. I'll be back. I said he's in a wine press hiding. That ain't no mighty warrior. He sees himself defeated and the enemy larger than life. All of a sudden, heaven's, heaven's messenger comes. See, I'm sitting here today as one of heaven's messengers to tell you heaven sees you a whole lot different than the way you see yourself right now. I see you somewhere in the future, and things look a whole lot different than they do right now. All you see is your mistakes. All heaven sees is your potential. And by the way, the attack of the enemy against you ain't even personal. It has nothing to do with you. It's against your gift. Devil don't want your money. Devil don't want your children. 
devil don't even want your health or your happiness. He wants your gift shut down. Because the reason you're here on earth isn't to have family or money. The reason you're here is God sent you here with a gift from heaven that's on the inside of you. Hold the phone a minute, and it's so valuable. Jesus bought the whole field just to get the treasure that's on the inside of you. Jesus bought your mistakes. Jesus bought your bad choices. Jesus bought your sin, not because your sin had to be justified, because that gift that's on the inside of you is a treasure in God's hands. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If he can steal your identity, he will kill your purpose and will destroy your destiny. you got to get heaven's perspective of who you are. I'm telling you, you're much mightier than you believe. Touch your neighbor tell him, you're mighty in heaven. Touch your other neighbor and say, I'm not talking to you anymore today. I see you. Like, I saw him. Somebody else, I'm going to touch you whether you like it or not. You're mighty in heaven. Mighty in heaven. <laughs> well, I'm talking about. Let me show you. Check this out. This happened to me. Y'all, some of y'all remember this. Check this out. Just recently, um, in my home, the Lord came to me and took me to heaven and, uh, with an angel. And I was standing outside this huge auditorium. And it was huge. And big doors, big golden doors. That's, they looked like timber, but they were gold. And... Uh, when I walked inside, the whole room was empty, but though it was very big. And, but down the walls, there were etched on the walls faces. And when I looked at these faces on the wall, they became animated, and their whole life story played out. And not only their life story, but their feelings, their emotions, I could feel everything. And I went from one to one to one and looked at this. And uh, it's very, very interesting. And I recognized some, I recognized some like Enoch, and, and others, and I recognized a few over the last, you know, few years, and people um, who had um, gone to be with the Lord, but their faces were etched in there. And uh, what is this place? And the angel said, "You go outside and look at the th the name over the door." So I went back outside and looked up at the door, and it was the Pioneers Hall of Fame. And I thought, whoa, I've never heard of that. The Pioneers Hall of Fame. So I came back in, started looking at the faces, and some I recognized, some I didn't. <laughs> you know, but Pastor Ken's face was on the wall. Some of the faces were just not fully formed yet. They were just coming into being. And, and, I, and I said, what, a, what is that? They said to me, oh, that's, they, they are still a work in the making, you know, they're still, still coming through. And when I realized that and I looked at some of these faces, I sensed a whole real sense of destiny. And uh, 
when I met your pastor just a few days ago, I thought, I know that face. A face was on the wall. You see, destiny, destiny. And uh, we're coming to a time when God is going to do some incredible things. Now, that was 10 years ago. Right? That's 10 years ago. Do you know how many times the past 10 years I wanted to quit? So you want to quit? Oh, not do I want to quit or not. It's how many times? There were weeks I measured not do I want to quit or not. It's I only wanted to quit six times this week. Do you know how many times devils came trying to steal, kill, and destroy? Do you know how many obstacles that came against us the last decade? Do you know what happened? Because I had heaven's perspective, because I've failed many tests myself, I've made many mistakes myself, but heaven sees me somehow in a place of pioneering something that tells me any obstacle that comes against me, I'm either going over it, around it, or through it, because I'm going to fulfill what heaven says about me and my purpose and my destiny and my calling and my future and my anointing. You can't stop me. The devil can't stop you. Circumstance can't keep you down. It is settled in heaven. The word of God is established and it will not return void in Jesus' name. Woo! Slap somebody a high five and say, I'm agreeing with heaven today. Now listen, that's just, I'm just an example. That you, that's my place. I go to prepare a You got a place. And so once you realize what your place is and what God has said about you, and you can step on into it, it can't nothing defeat you there. It's powerful. It's what wakes you up in the morning. What's keep you, well, it's what keeps you from going back. It's what keeps you moving, what keeps you going through, because you got heaven's perspective. This is the prayer of 2 Kings 6. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, open his eyes. Lord, that he may see. Then the Lord opened his servant's eyes, and he looked and saw hills full of horses, chariots, and fire all around Elisha. They were surrounded by an army. But his eyes got open, he saw heaven's perspective. You saw it this morning. It may look like I'm surrounded. But I'm actually surrounded by you. There are more for you than are against you. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We've got to get past our fears, our insecurity, and our low self-image of who we are. We've got to get the armor of God on. We've got to put our helmet of salvation, our breastplate of righteousness, our shield of faith, our sword of the Spirit, our feet being shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, take our place in God's army, get heaven's perspective of what we're called to do, and fulfill the purposes of God for us in the earth. Touch three people say, you can't stop me anymore. i got heaven's perspective. Tongues would be appropriate now, wouldn't it? You just feel like you don't even know what to say. You just have to speak in tongues. 
Second, quick. Uh, not only a perspective past your fears, but a perspective of his favor and his blessing. If you realize how blessed you are in heaven already, amen. Even the babies know about it. See, they just, they're not far from there. He's like, hey, I was just there. I saw it. Hey, come on, get you some. Hey. Song of Solomon, this is obscure scripture, but I love it. It says, until the day breaks and the shadow flee, I will go to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of incense. You're altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. Come with me from Lebanon, my bride. Come with me from Lebanon. Descend from the crest of Amana, from the top of Sinir, the summit of Hermon, from the lion's dens and the mountain haunts of leopards. You have stolen my heart, my sister, my bride. You have stolen my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. This is a prophetic picture, Song of Solomon, talking about Christ in the heavenly realm. The mountain of myrrh, that's Calvary. That's where the price was paid on the cross. The hill of incense, that's the resurrection. And my bride, that's you and I, without spot, without wrinkle. And this is heaven's perspective. You're without spot. You're without wrinkle. No defilement in the bride. Jesus has already paid the price for our clothes and our jewels. This is the place where you and I move into a place of maturity and we lose sin consciousness. And we lay hold of Christ consciousness. And we quit looking at ourselves and we only look to him. This is that place we get in maturity where I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of Man who came and gave himself for me. That's the mature place where you're not like a yo-yo up and down. Just because you make a mistake today, it doesn't change your identity. Just because you blow it next week doesn't mean it changes who you are in heaven. Are you grabbing this with me? This is the place God's wanting to take us, this place that you know how blessed you are. The Bible says in Romans 8, 17, you are heirs of God. Joint heirs. With Christ Jesus. That's not metaphorical. That means all of heaven is to your access. Heirs of God. Joint heir with Christ Jesus. But most of us don't access this. We live on this low realm of a low vibration. And we live in anger and disappointment and jealousy and envy and pride. And a low place that the wisdom is not from above. It's from the beneath. And it's demonic and it's devilish. And we never get out of a low vibration because most preachers are preaching from a low place. And they're telling us about ourselves and our sin and how bad we are and we stay low and we never ascend because we don't really understand who Christ is, who Christ is in me and what Christ has actually accomplished. Once we do that, the Bible says we ascend from a low place to a high place where we start living from a wisdom that comes from above, not beneath. Touch three people say, I'm going to live there. As a bride, 
we are commanded to look from the top of the mountain. That's where you get the word, you know what the word top of mountain is? Rosh. It's where we get the word Rosh Kadesh. That's why we didn't realize that every month God's wanting you to get back to the top of the mountain. Because I know like you, there's months that go by and I start losing. It's like I fall and hit my head and forget who I am. And circumstances get so big and demons get so loud and voices get so loud, I forget. So what does God do intentionally once a month? He says, hang on, get back connected to the body of Christ. Sit down at the table of the Lord. Hear prophecy if you have to or some ministry of encouragement. Let's get you back on top of the mountain so you can get you another perspective about what's happening. Touch three people and say, I'm about to get back on top of the mountain. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Just stay there a minute. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Everything we need is there. And it's already been provided. That word look means to walk, spy out, survey, observe, guard, and watch. So when I'm talking to you about ascending, as we'll get to here in just a minute as we wind up, the purpose of us ascending in prayer is to get to the top so you can see and get heaven's perspective. So you get up in that realm and you get to walking around. And you get to look around up there with the Lord. And you get to see what all's going on up there. In every direction, all you see is blessings. Wow. And having surveyed up in that realm the limitless wealth of our bridegroom, we ask, is all this yours? He smiles and replies, it's ours. If you can see it, you can have it. God told Abraham, whatever land you can see, I'll give it to you. See, in heaven, there's so much up there. There's been some spies, Bob Jones, Paul Keith Davis, Neville Johnson, Sadhu Sundar. These are just people I name that we know. These are spies that have entered in that realm to come back and tell you and I what's available. These aren't special people with special callings. These are spies that have gone up there, gone in there where that realm is to come back and tell us what's available. We, like the children of Israel, have to determine do we believe it or do we not? Do we see ourselves like grasshoppers and them like giants? Because as we see ourselves, that's how the enemy sees us. I'll just go ahead and break the news to you. You're the only one keeping you out of there. You're the only one keeping you out of that realm. Ain't nobody else keeping you out. Lord ain't keeping you out. Demons aren't keeping you out. You're the only one keeping yourself out because you, your own heart's condemning you. 
because you really don't understand the blood of Jesus and how powerful it was. I heard somebody text me this week. They said, when I get up in that ram, I don't plead innocent and I don't plead guilty. I just plead the blood. I just plead the blood. It's the blood. I said, it's the blood. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that's made a new and a living way where I can access the throne of grace. I come boldly to the throne of grace by the blood of the lamb. It's what it's for. It's for access. I'm still excited. There's rooms. There's songs, poetry, blueprints, business models, educational models, breakthroughs, all in their heavenly realm. Body parts. Friends of mine that have been there saw storerooms full of body parts. Just waiting for who needs one. Need a liver transplant? Get in that ram. I'll be back. It's our inheritance. Sooner or later, there'll be a generation that taps into it. That starts living up in this realm where all this is available. The treasures of the Lord are there. There's treasure rooms in heaven that's available to you and I. It's powerful. My friend Paul Keith Davis has written two or three books about it. If there's a man I know with, with integrity, it's that man. He don't make stuff up. And he was preaching on this 10 years ago, trying to prepare the body of Christ to enter these realms. And while doing that, he met a young girl. Y'all remember? Akiana, who at four years old, the Lord started taking her into this realm. And at eight year old, she painted a portrait of Christ. Let me see if I got that picture. That was painted by eight-year-old. Eight-year-old painted that picture of Christ. Which, in my opinion, that's her. Which, in my opinion, is as close to what the Christ I know. He's awesome, isn't he? She heard Paul Keith's message, her and her parents, and heard him talking about the Revelation 4-1 door. She came to the meeting. She goes, you're the first person I ever heard talk about that. She said, I go there every day. She said, that's where I get my art. At the Revelation 4-1 door. She said, I step through there every day, and that's where I get my art. That's where I get my pictures to paint. She's painted all kind of art. Goes up to heaven, sees what the picture is, and comes back down and paints it. Treasure room's full of it. In every direction that you see, blessings. And that word, mountain, amana, you know what it means? It means fixed, covenant, allowance, sure portion, aman. That sound familiar? Aman means faith, means so be it. That's where we get the word amen. It's from the name of that mountain. Ah, ma, which means it's fixed, 
It's sure. It's our allowance. It's our portion. It's our inheritance. That's why 2 Corinthians says, for all of God's promises have already been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes and amen. And when we say amen to his promises, it ascends to God and his glory. I dare somebody to shout amen. If you believe it, you can access it in heaven. Now, dream with me a minute. There's a lot of people here today. What if we all started living from that realm? How powerful is it going to be? What joy level? What joy level? When you get up in there and you find out how old you are when you die. You see your future. And you know nothing can stop it till it's over. Nothing can take you out. All that fear goes away. Because you're living from another realm. You're not disturbed by difficult news. You've already got heaven's perspective. You're like, it can't go that way. I've already seen it. Hebrews 11.1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. We access this ascending realm by faith. And God begins to move us into a whole other level of spirituality. See, the whole earth is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God daughters of God those that have believed what God has said and access that realm and live there see in the past we've only known few that that are there right spies but that's all a changing now God's not coming back for a weak broke poor beaten down ignorant church we're not of the night we're of the day He's coming back for a strong, bold, overcoming, victorious, triumphant church that Jesus paid for us to live. And in this realm, we'll change the world. Getting up in that realm together. How cool would it be like you see each other on Sunday morning like, I saw you Wednesday. Like, you didn't come to where I was? Oh, I was there. I saw you over there talking to Jesus. Up through that Revelation 4-1 door. It's a reality. This stuff's real. This isn't like Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. This ain't fairy tale. It's reality. And it's there. All you got to decide is that where you want to live or not. You want to live there or here? Your choice. I sit before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, you choose. You can choose to stay here or you can choose to go there. I choose to go there. Now, how do we get there? We've been talking about this. Revelation 3.8, Revelation 3.20, Revelation 4.1. These are three doors in the book of Revelation we found out about a few weeks ago. How many have been praying this way? Can I just see your hand? How many have been praying, praying this way? Not too crowded at those doors, are they? <laughs> No wonder I'm getting through so easy. <laughs> How many's going to start praying this way with us? 
All right. This is a pure prayer model, I believe, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Revelation 3, 8 door, what is that? That's the door that says, the Lord opened this door and nobody can shut it. This is your salvation. This is right in here, in this realm. Can't nobody keep you out. Can't nobody kick you out. Your sin can't keep you out. Your past can't keep you out. Nobody keep you out. God's opened this door and can't no man shut it. Isn't that good news? Now, you can stay here, and it's good, right? You're saved. You're going to go to heaven. But you're going to be thoroughly disappointed because you're going to get there, and you're going to realize how many more doors you could have went through and how much more you could have had. Revelation 3.20 door, that's the door you and me open. That's when it says Jesus is knocking on it. It says, hello, knocking on your door, letting you know you think you're rich, righteous and can see but actually you're blind you're naked and you're miserable because money can't buy you happiness and all this worldly stuff can't satisfy you so if you recognize your need for me that you can't do life by yourself if you open a door I'll come in and sit down and talk to you about it and that's a great ram just that alone but there's more. Then he'll say, hey, we fellowship. But if you'd like, I'll take you somewhere. Jesus says, I'll take you somewhere and show you things that you don't even know about. And then you go with Jesus and ascend through the Revelation 4-1 door. And that's when you get in that realm and you start seeing all kinds of stuff. And then you come back and confirm it with the word. And it becomes a revelation for your life. And then you start building your life according to the heavenly blueprint. Like, 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 Lord will show you who to marry. Somebody touched somebody and said, I wish I'd have been up there before. <laughs> wish I'd went there years ago through that 4-1 door. He'll show you where to go to school. He'll show you how you're going to pay for it. He'll show you what your destiny is. Revelation 139 says he's written a book about you. And it's in heaven. It's called Books of Destiny. Psalm 139 says there's a book in heaven written about you. And it says every day of your life on earth has already been fashioned and formed for you and written in a book. All you got to do is go through Revelation 4 one day and say, Lord, what's on the page today? You preordained this day before I was ever born. So you know what's coming my way and what's not. Just go ahead and make me aware of it and I'll be ready. And let the Lord reorder your day. You say, what kind of things you see? All kind of things. This morning I went through the Revelation 4-1 door. When I got there, you know what I saw? Sea of glass. A big ocean of glass. Well, it doesn't take long to realize that. You go to Revelation 4-1, go through that door, read what it says is up there. One thing it says, there's an ocean of glass. So it's got to be, I had to have seen it because it's in the scriptures. And it says that's where the throne of God is and where the elders are joined around and they're all worshiping the Lord. So you know what the Lord told me about that? I saw a sea of glass. I knew what it was. It was I was right there with all the elders and the, the great worship was going on. Ocean of glass. I said, Lord, what does that mean? He said, heaven is a place of transparency. 
He said, in heaven, everybody knows everything about each other. It's total transparency. He said, if you want to have heaven on earth, you'll have to develop a culture of transparency. Where we know each other's weaknesses. We know each other's vulnerabilities. We know each other's faults, yet we're not ashamed. We are covered by the grace of God and the blood. You know why? You know why? You know why most churches aren't just absolutely thriving in spiritually. I'm talking about. You can gather numbers. I'm talking about spiritually thriving because we're afraid. We're afraid to be transparent and vulnerable, and don't want nobody to know our mess or our business. You're gonna be surprised. You get to heaven, everybody gonna know your mess when you get to heaven <laughs> and your business, and they're okay with it because everybody's got mess in business. When you get to heaven, you realize, oh, you had mess in business too. Ah, I saw you, boy. But we don't have to wait till there. We can start bringing that culture of heaven here. See, when you get up there and get God's perspective, you don't really, it doesn't bother you what people say about you or think about you down here. You can love with his love. Because you can realize how loved you are up in that realm. This is what I believe God's saying. That God's wanting to mature his body of believers till we can live the ascended life above, not beneath. And I understand this is brand new for some of you. So whether you understand or not, just check me out with the scriptures. Begin to pray on it. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. I promise you it's something the Lord's saying to us right now. This, this is what we should have been done, in my opinion, in the church 40 years ago. We should have been teaching people how to believe, not what to believe. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.